Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. All this week, Mary Alice, I'd like to talk about the joy of being forgiven. Mm. And for those who might be just now joining us on Noah's Window, you and I go through the one-year Bible mm. every year. And so there's a little Old Testament, little New Testament, some Psalms and Proverbs. So when we were reading through uh, the Psalms the other day, we came across Psalm 32, which I thought would be wonderful for us to talk about on Noah's window because it's all about, as I said, the joy, the joy of knowing that we've been forgiven of sin. And I know it's not necessarily the most pleasant thing to talk about sin in any context, but having said that, it's it's part of all of our lives. We're flawed, broken people. We do things that that uh, displease our Lord and we do things that embarrass ourselves. And, and so the question is what happens in a believer's life after we, after we fall prey to a particular sin? So even though we're gonna be in Psalm 32 starting tomorrow, we really have to go to Psalm 51 first just to talk about what has been going on in David's life. Right. Um, I think it's also of note right now for us to mention that the Psalms are a book of songs. They're a collection of songs and they're not necessarily in chronological order. In fact, they're not in chronological right, order. Right. So even though Psalm 32 comes before Psalm 51 numerically, Psalm 51 comes before Psalm 32 chronologically. Right. So David has gotten himself into a really bad situation because of his own conduct. Right. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to believe. I mean, when I read 2 Samuel chapter 11 and I read the story, you're just almost there as a spectator saying, David, please don't do this, you know, because his life has been so charmed. Even though he's dealt with people who've been against him, like Saul and others, God just always brings him out on top. God gives him victory, makes him king. And he goes from being a shepherd boy to being Israel's greatest king. But unfortunately, he goes into a really dark season in his life. Right. And that's in 2 Samuel 11. Um, he stays home in a military campaign and is bored, doesn't know what to do with himself. And he's up on top of his palace and he sees his next door neighbor, Bathsheba, who's taking a bath. And it's not Bathsheba's fault because the bath was in the middle of the house, could not be seen from street level, but David's got a vantage point that the average person doesn't have. And uh, one thing leads to another and there's a whole lot of stuff that we don't know and I'm glad we don't know uh, because David sins for her. And however this goes down, uh, there's a sexual act and uh, there's a resulting pregnancy, Bathsheba's pregnant. She sends the message to David that she's pregnant. Well, her husband, Uriah, is off fighting the battle that David is supposed should've to be been, in. Yeah, he should have yeah, been there. Should have been there. And so David is hoping to cover it up by bringing Uriah home, sending Uriah to spend time with his wife. And so, you know, everyone would suppose that the resulting pregnancy was, uh, you know, it was Uriah's baby, not David's. Well, Uriah's so noble, he won't go home. And uh, David wants to cover up his sin and he has this idea to cover it up that he'll position the battle so that Uriah will be killed in the battle. So he, he, let's just be honest, he murders Uriah. Right. There's no way of getting around this. So David now for a while, as we're gonna see in Psalm 32, he thinks he can cover it up. He thinks it's gonna be okay. He marries Bathsheba. People in town, as far as David know, you know, thinks, they don't know what's going on, but David, of course, He's dealing with the sin every day. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give away the first part of chapter 32, but it just it just grinds on him until finally in Psalm 51, he confesses his sin to the Lord. So Mary Alice, you know this chapter very well. Uh, David is just spilling out his heart to God, asking God for forgiveness. 
But I want to just pull one line out and then get your get your reaction to this. David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation, which makes me realize that David has lost his joy. Mm. I mean, what do you think about when you think about David losing his joy there? Well, and, and he goes on to say, make me willing to obey you. So when we're walking in disobedience, yeah, we're in, we're in an estranged situation with God, and that's a miserable place to be. It it's is. It's a miserable place it is. to be. Isn't, don't you find it interesting, though, that he didn't say, give me my salvation back? Right. He had salvation, but he lost his joy. Which goes back to the estranged relationship. It's just like a parent-child relationship. When that child is living in rebellion, they're still your child. But they're miserable and you're miserable. <laughs> or husband and wife relationship. Right, there you go. You know, because there, there have been times, yeah. and I'm just keeping it real, yeah. that I've been unkind or something, and you still took care of me. <laughs> I mean, you know, you still cooked my meals and everything, but it strained the relationship until that relationship There's was right. There's not the sweet fellowship when yeah. you have a, 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 an estranged relationship like that. So I think that's just... I think that's just a wonderful point, and it's interesting, and, and I don't know if you're going to go here, but the very next verse is, then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Yeah. So I, that's a sweet Well, he lost his voice, me. didn't he? Mm. Oh, that's true. Who's going to listen to Who's him? Who's going to listen to him when yeah. he's in that? And he's like, until I get straight, mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't speak for God. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, we see that happen in a lot of Christians' lives that lose their testimony uh, because they allow something into their lives. And, and yet, I mean, and, you know, of course, you have to be careful here because you don't ever want to say it's okay. Being it's that not, everybody's, yeah, right. But, so. I mean, you and I know, I was just thinking of a young man that we watched grow up, and he had some hard knocks, and he was in total rebellion against God and, and really struggled to get back in that relationship. And now he's pastoring the church, but right. he has a voice to the other rebels, and he can tell them, you don't have to keep going down that road. That's right, And because here's the deal. You know, we can fall prey to one of Satan's traps, but we don't have to stay trapped. Right. And that's that's the whole thing that we're going to be talking about this week. But I do think it's important. In fact, this was your idea, really. Mm -hmm. Before we go into Psalm 32 and we start talking about the joy of being forgiven, we have to look at where David was before that point and recognize that there was a season in his life where he was so rebellious against God that he'd lost his joy. And for this, um, Noah's Windows uh, watchers and listeners... <laughs> If you haven't read that story, and I encourage you to go read both the account in, is it First Samuel or Second Samuel? It's Second Samuel. Second Samuel, see, chapter 11. he knows all those. So go read Second Samuel chapter 11. Read that whole story. In fact, read, you know, I would even start before that to kind of uh, go there. And then read all of Psalm 51, because we're not going to have time to read all of it. But that would help you to have a better understanding of what we're going to talk about Psalm yeah, 52. Yeah, and, and if you're really interested and you want to delve into this, uh, there's a series from 2013 that I did called The Thing. Now, there's a later series called Return of the Thing, but it's the first series that I talk about David's sin. And it's just a three three sermon series. Uh, and I had maybe a little bit too much fun. You told me at the time I was having too much fun with this. But, uh, <laughs> the thing was a Yeah, the thing was kind of like this 60s campy drive-in movie um, you know, horror flick kind With of thing. eyes that would open. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But week one was on the sin. It was called Don't Let It In. Week two uh, was called The Thing That Wouldn't Die because David's going to try to get it covered up. And then mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, if you want to look at the story in, in its subsequent things, it begins to affect his family. We call right. that son of thing. But if you're interested in that, you can probably acquire that through the New Spring store. Yes, you can. And, uh, and and I, I'll just be honest with you, it's one of my favorite series that I did. You know, Marilyn, one more thing I'd like to get your take on. Um, 
it's one thing to have a sin, but with, with the reason why I called this series The Thing is that it metastasized. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was bigger than just one sin. It became, a, it became a, a situation of sin that began to control David's life. Have you seen this happen with people where it's like they do something wrong, but instead of repenting, they double down? Absolutely, and I think there's some contributing factors to that. I think, of course, we all have a rebellious heart by nature anyway, but I think Satan will tell us you're too far gone now. You can't. You have no choice. Yeah. You know, you you become in bondage. You've ruined to that. your life. Right. And so there's yeah. no hope. He wants to to fill us with hopelessness. You know, it's possible to ruin a season, but you know, it, we have to decide whether it's going to ruin our lives. As long as we not. have breath, there's hope for the future. As long as we have the breath, so wow. Well, Mary Alice, this is a great opportunity to pray because here's the deal. Even if a per, our watchers are not in a season mm -hmm. of sin, which I think every Christian goes through at times. But we all love somebody who's going through a season of sin. So would you pray for pray for us today, just however God leads you to pray? Absolutely. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for your great mercy and your unfailing love that you are willing to rescue us even when we have made terrible uh, messes of our life. And I just pray for each and every one of us, um, each and every one of us has some rebellion still living in our heart. And I just pray that you would um, fill us with the Holy Spirit and that we wouldn't live in bondage to that sin. I pray, Father, for those who love someone who is trapped in a season of rebellion, um, like David felt like he was. And I just pray that you would um, rescue them. We know that you've told us in the, in the Bible, and I was just remembering what Jonathan preached this weekend, that you've uh, assured us that you love that rebel even more than we do and that you're going to pursue him with your love and, and uh, work in circumstances, work in relationships. Father, I just pray for your mercy and your love and the lives of all those who are in that state of rebellion right now. And may they be encouraged as we go through these scriptures and see how you can restore and forgive and, and what a joy that is to be forgiven. And I just thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing. And I just pray especially for each and every one who's watching or listening today, who's facing a special challenge today. Please intervene, Father, and wrap your arms of love around each one. Draw them close to you. May they know and feel your presence, and we'll give you all the honor and glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining Mary Alice and me on Noah's Window. You might want to get ahead. Uh, we're going to be going through Psalm 32. Uh, slowing it down just little by little to look at the joy of being forgiven and knowing that our relationship with the Lord is where it needs to be. So until tomorrow, I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you on Noah's window.